Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Mr. Brian Brushwood. Ahoy, hoy. And Bryce, the animal, Castillo. Hello. <laughs> it's me. Do you remember the show Manimal? The animal. Remember Manimal? Oh, yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, well, uh, what's the elevator pitch on Manimal? Uh, Manimal. It's a man that yeah. manimal. turns into an animal. I feel like... I feel like, like the, it the, it the, kind the, of writes itself. Yeah. I thought there was maybe more to it's it. It's exactly what you no, think no, it is. No, the, the, <laughs> the title of the program is The Elevator Pitch. Well, that sounds. I got it for you. You got it. Manimal. <laughs> is oh, it what I think it is? Oh. Yes. Uh, I, I, I have a similarly complicated pitch. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. You'll never guess what it's about. The movie? But that. No. The manimal. <laughs> the the manimal. Uh, the manimal. Yeah, if you can find it on YouTube, just to play it, Bryce, because I want you to see it, because it is. It's eighties. It is literally. Uh, you do a few rails of cocaine, you spit out an idea, and a week later, they're off a lot shooting it. It's it's kind of, uh, it, it feels to me in the same uh, oeuvre as uh, 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 Misfits of Science or something. Mm, so we're looking at every transformation in Manimal from 1983. Yeah. Whoa, okay, that's that's some pretty... Yeah, fade, fade, oh. fade. Yeah, you got to see the fade on that for sure. <laughs> show picture of a taxidermy. <laughs> This is amazing. Yeah. The, the the intro, if you could find the intro credits, it's like so it's about a dude who, I don't know, Africa magic, something, something, spirits. Now he can transform to any animal he needs to when he has to solve a crime. Which is just how many animals crime. Like he might need to become an amoeba to find out if it was another brain amoeba yeah. that killed the guy. <laughs> How do we get up onto the next floor? I'll turn into a chimp. Oh, the bank robbers are coming this way. Lion time. Lion time. <laughs> that's that's kind of lame. That's a little lame. Uh, I don't know. Hold on. I, I mean, or Bryce, how dare like, you? All right. I'm sorry. Bryce, you got to understand. Two things were really, really, really he popular the in M. the 80s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number one, the Incredible Hulk. Yep. A man who turned into another thing. Number two. Whenever the monkey peed on Johnny Carson when Jack Hanna was on The Tonight Show. These two <laughs> things combined to create Manimal. Like, yeah. you got to have a, an Incredible Hulk episode, but instead of the Incredible Hulk, it was the monkey that peed on Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. What, uh, did did oh. he maintain a secret identity in this one, or was he constantly on the run? I don't know. That was a theme, because that was, that was like the Incredible Hulk, everything like that. Every Knight Rider was constantly on the run. Uh, uh, per Wikipedia, he uses this ability yeah. to help the police solve crimes. Ah, so oh, probably so a secret he's identity. He's probably like a lawyer by yeah, day. So, yeah, exactly. It's either your, it's the fugitive plus whatever. Yeah, you, right. You're the Hulk fugitive plus your manimal, or your super successful, the magician who helps out the cops, or yeah. you're the professor of some obscure thing that helps out the cops, yeah, or you're a novelist who. Just everybody seems to get murdered all around you. Uh, by the way, speaking <laughs> yeah. of, of uh, professors, the latest and I think final trailer 
of the Indiana Jones movie came out today. I have not seen it. Shall I? Dare I say it's, I, I don't know. I think it might look kind of good. Well, I mean, oh. it, uh, I mean, it's indie. Uh, uh, how did this, the Beatles song go? Uh, it's got, you got to admit it's getting better. Can't get no worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say that, that the age down the, 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 uh, the, the de-aging. The, yeah. Yeah. The CGI on the, on the de-aging is like good. Yeah. Like it is, it is not passable. It's not, Oh, that's crazy. Oh, look at that. It's like, Good, which if this is just the first movie where they get that right with a big star and a big character, then like that'll just be worth the price of admission. I feel like the last time they showed off a clip or something, they showed a lot of the aged down Harrison Ford. Right. Um, But they were also quick to say, like, it's just the beginning of the movie. It's not like a whole thing, which makes me think that they're really pumping that footage into these trailers. So everyone knows. Ah. They made him look younger. Yeah. I mean, and that's fine. Uh, uh, I do wonder, like, who watched Fleabag and was like, oh, yeah, she's the new Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, we should put her in a bunch of action movies and we should have her write James Bond. And we should, like, I, I just don't. And I love Fleabag. I but I, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know where, where that connection comes from. Yeah, she's great at a certain kinds of characters. Yeah. So seeing her in this, it's going to be interesting to see because it's not, it was a very unconventional choice, I would say. I, I mean, it would, I would agree. like she's a very great actress and very good at what she does and super popular, like put her here. But I'm like, ah, this is a, a different, it'll be, be interesting to see. Like, she is like, like Fleabag was great because it was a great, it was a one woman show that they successfully adapted and made into a into a, a, a program and it's got a lot of straight to the camera talking to the audience stuff like you would have in a one woman show. That's not the kind of thing that I'm like, Oh yes. And that means that she is going to be amazing at writing. action. I'm, I'm super curious because like, I love Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And then if you said, and Ricky Gervais is going to be in this, I'd be, Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Really? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm used to a very different style. No, I'll say there, but. Simon Pegg made that jump a little bit with the Mission Impossible movies. Well, and uh, on top of that, smaller role, e- but e- yeah. even Bruce Willis. And and uh, to be honest, like I had never seen any action, anything from what's his name, the transporter, uh, uh, Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah, uh, he was kind of like a a doughy beleaguered person in Snatch, and then suddenly he was the transporter. <laughs> mm. Well, but he always yeah, he was, but think- he was always the rough and tumble guy. Uh, not, not, not in snatch. He wasn't. That yes, was, he was. Uh, no, he, uh, when, when did he get into a action sequence fight? But no, but his, his, he was, as they say over there across the pond, the hard man. Like he was, he was the, like, like he was the fisticuffs. He was the brawler. I don't know. I, 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 uh, maybe I, I need to rewatch snatch, but I always remember him as being the beleaguered, confused. Why is everyone dumb? But me guy. Hmm. Yes, but he was oh. also a member of organized crime who talks like this. So, like, he's always going to be, you know, intimidating. I'll give you. I'll Correct. give you. Oh, I'll give ahead. you a bigger transition. Yeah. Do you remember watching Alias? Yes. Okay. Jennifer Garner had her boyfriend, and yep. there was this other guy who was kind of a handsome dude, but yep. was like the friend who was totally friend zoned and treated kind of like just the the nerdy, likable kind of guy. Who then became Bradley Cooper? Yep. Oh wow! And you go, yeah. He was he was the you know he was reoccurring, but he was never like the leading man on that show. And you gotta go now, like 
Eight, move the camera foot over, people. We think we found the other star. I think we found Rocket uh, Rat. Another one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my favorite too of the biggest transformation was remember remember uh, the original Manhunter uh, by Michael Mann. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yep. we got a script for you. <laughs> it's called Manhunter. Aha! I like it. It's been um, looking for you but, all uh, day. They, yeah, there's a, there was the tabloid journalist who was this very pathetic doughy kind of guy who something bad happens to him because you know it's a Hannibal Lecter movie and he's just a sort of pathetic like ta- there's totally a tabloid sort of slobby kind of like nerdy sort of you know weaselly journalist I give you Stephen Lang aka uh Mr. Macho Marine from Avatar oh my god oh, yeah. wow oh okay Go look, type in Stephen Lang and Manhunter, and you see, you're like, how is this the same person? And it's like, you know, Equinox or whoever made that happen. Uh, you just see it, type in like, you know, Manhunter and Stephen Lang and look for, yeah, Freddie Lowndes, look for an image of him, and you'll see, like, and you go, like, wow. Although, also, like, uh, I mean, isn't uh, Hannibal Lecter Brian Cox in that movie? He is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hannibal Lecter, spelled with a K, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, but he's a. Uh, I, I would like there to say his famous. Uh, like he's just. Yeah. Yep, there he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to think, say his famous you think catchphrase. The dude, from Stephen Lang today. I don't, I don't think he can. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I got an interesting thing I want to share with you. Is, Please. Uh, I've been working on uh, my latest book, and I needed to. I'm like, oh man, I need to do some research on some Florida lore. And I found like a podcast that may have mentioned something, but it was a 30 minute podcast and I'm in a hurry and I can't listen to the 30 minute podcast. So I just downloaded the MP3 and I dropped it into a program that uses the whisper, which is the open AI uh, speech to text program. So there's a thing called Mac whisper, which is somebody built a really nice wrapper for it. Drop that in there click search, you know, it could find what I was looking for. Like it took me like a couple of minutes and I was able to do that. I'm like, wow, that's oh my God. kind of like, I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to go use the thing I'm using, but I just dropped that MP3 in there was able to search it like, you know, pretty quickly as it transcribed it. And then right before the show, I opened up Skype and did Bryce, did you all see what's popped up in there? Uh, popped up in, in, Skype? in Skype chat. Oh yeah. Is there something in did Skype you get chat? B- I had Bing. There's a Bing option. Yeah. I got Skype. Yeah, being powered by the OpenAI system is inside of there, and and not it's not a hey plug for OpenAI, but it's a plug Wait, uh, for so, so these how, AI. How's it integrated? Uh, it is now just added to your friends list, so you can just oh, kind of, utilize you can just Bing to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, via Skype. You you sent me a link. I didn't try it, but there's a phone number that you could call. Is that is that yeah? What what, what is that? Call Samantha is the name of it. And I don't know in what standing it is with, uh, with open AI, but it is certainly using chat GPT, uh, to, it's just a voice version of chat GPT. And we, we used it, uh, on the bones with Bryce and, uh, you can just have a casual conversation. I asked it to be Bart Simpson and it told me to not have a cow. And, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it uses a very flat tone of voice. It obviously is going for a, her, uh, a kind of aesthetic down to the name, which is the name of the AI in, in her, oh, Samantha. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't pick up on that. It's, but yeah, it is, it's yeah. interesting. Once this has like a non-monotone voice, um, then uh, it'll be, you want to call Sam? 
I don't know. I, 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 I unless unless Andrew is smiling and nodding, oh. I, I do not want to do anything. Okay. In fact, I oh don't. yeah, no, I don't, I don't have a problem. I, I, yeah, I, I, and the thing I want to say too is I wasn't trying to just like plug what we're doing. Like a lot of stuff, everybody, you're going to see the stuff, everybody, not just OpenAI or Microsoft stuff everywhere. You're going to see AI put into tools, put into stuff. Sometimes crammed in there in ways maybe it shouldn't be, but sometimes ways it's really good. So we, we, we were joking about this on Daily like, Tech News Show yesterday that next year's CES is just going to be the most ridiculous uses of AI. And I don't mean good. I mean, just yeah. like, mm -hmm. like an AI enabled toaster. Your refrigerator will tell you your, Oh my, so many, so many refrigerators with AI, uh, mm -hmm. uh, will be, will be, will be there. Your laundry machine will generate a new jingle. When AI, the music, when the AI clothespins, uh, yeah. uh, they are, they are going to be all over okay. CES next January. Maybe they speak and the little mouth, the little, the clip opens when it speaks. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and it just drops your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the fact that if you take them as their sum total, uh, the industry writ large is convinced uh, that, you know what humans want? All of their appliances to needle them at all times and beg for their attention. Yeah. It's very Flintstones-y, right? <laughs> everything's just, alive. Uh, you know what? Here's an algorithm. Just say, it's a living. <laughs> That's all you have to do. TV, volume up. I, TV, yeah. volume I would up. Say, I, I would say, though, that there is a place to basically put in, you take all the docs, documentation, stuff like that, and you can now use what we call embedding search in one of these language models you could build a very good chat GPT help bot that would just make it super simple. Like if you just said, hey, because you think about every stupid question you get or every good question you get in your inbox, you can now put that and your answer into a file, have a, a, a thing that finds the top best ranks and has a chat bot give the answer. So I do think there will be useful places where we'll see this in devices and stuff where I just scan a QR oh, code yeah. on my thing and but there is going to be like, yeah, all the other. No, no, yeah. I mean, I CES is not known for its, uh, 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 it is known for its big breakthroughs and it is known for it's things hilarious the next failures. year that yeah. include the big breakthroughs in very, very uh, uh, stapled on ways because yeah. they're there to sell a commodity product. Um, uh, I, I know that we all want to uh, uh, keep on going past the subject of AI, but there was one headline that I just like, I did not read the article. So for all I know, it's justified or whatever. But the headline was, these are the jobs that AI are going to cost, including 100 million in America alone. And I thought to myself, there are, what, 380 million Americans? Yeah. And I I am not certain that 100 million Americans are employed. <laughs> like, well, okay, so well, around it, the world. Yeah, so. It is 300 million jobs well, can yes, be affected by the latest wave of AI. Okay. So uh, the headline say. definitely said eliminated uh, because, you know, well, whatever. They probably launch with one title and then change it that's you know that's uh -huh. not unusual with like youtube videos and stuff uh-huh but uh yeah hysteria yeah i you know I, people are asking questions and that's good i think that's people asking questions good i think people could you know listening's good too listening's good too and and listening to give you multiple points of view and to figure this out because we don't know i mean it's just hard to say i mean imagine you know you just imagine a world where just work is easier <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're, we're not exactly at a point where every job can whole cloth be replaced. Um, but now you have people who can be AI technicians, AI operators, AI interfacers, coordinators, any number of things that uh, are new facets 
created by yeah there's technical there's a, yeah and, and there's a lot of stuff there's more work to get done than there are people to do the work and there's a lot of work we don't want to do and there's a lot of things that we can't afford to do that's worthwhile doing you know like creating podcast descriptions like after every episode you got to sit down and write down here's a summary this is what we talked about this is what it does right so it can you take 20 or 30 uh, yeah are, are you terribly sad that that's 20 or 30 minutes of work that you don't have to do anymore or that becomes considerably easier not really because i don't do a lot of show notes i don't do a lot of show notes because it, it sucks it, it kind of sucks and we yeah. are usually pretty free form so it's a lot of but like, i i what's it called uh, bryce came over yesterday for the bones and that was literally what i was doing for we're not wrong i was just taking our show in chat gpt and i was i was just in chat gpt and i'm like summarize this and then it was like it was too long and i'm like shorter <laughs> like uh uh start with on this episode of we're not wrong uh uh i just got it exactly where i wanted it it was uh three tight paragraphs that explain the explain the show Boom. But, and, uh, that's the it. The the best part is, and again, I'm not trying to make this plug again, but but like uh, now that thread is remembered, so you can just go find that thread and then say like, remember that thing we did? Do it with this. Do it again. Yep. Same rules. I do that with, um, I've done that with little things. Like uh, if I have a comma separated list of names, or no, if I, uh, no, if I've got a, 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 each name is on a different line, I can tell ChatGPT, hey, take this list and comma separate it or just format it, right? It's something that is like time intensive if you don't have a little thing to do it. But if you have a little thing to do it, then it just, boop, 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 boop. How did that go again? Boop, 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 boop. See. <laughs> that's, and that's, I think, a lot of, <laughs> we often think about technology at the leading edge, but when you start to think about, I, I've had, I've been, need to have some work around my house done. And so I go get a couple different contractors, each one of them to give me a bid and send it in. And then I decide who do I want to go with. Some of these are mom and pop operations. And so they'll come in and I won't see their bid for a week later. And in that time, I may have hired somebody else. And it took them a week because that person's busy out doing jobs and doesn't have the time to sit down and write up these bids. They save them for, you know, all one point or whatever. With AI, with systems like this, as you say, oh, that person becomes that much more efficient now. And it may not change the net number of people in my area that do those services, but it might free up time for them because they're being more efficient at this. They're all of a sudden that I'm going to pay the same for this job no matter what, but that person's going to have his Friday free or whatever. And so that's one of the things I think that, you know, one of the things that's really interesting to look at is all those little incremental things like Justin and I with our business and we had to work on invoicing. We had to do all these other little things. And you look at how much time gets caught up in that. And then when all that gets, and it's not like, well, we freed that up. Sorry, Andrew, you're fired. Or sorry, yeah. Justin, you're fired. It's like there was bigger, better things for us to do. Well, especially also because there are so many services I pay for and so many contractors that I neither know how long they take to do the job, nor do I care. I just know that within the budget, this is the job and it shows up done on time. Yeah. So uh, if all of them are suddenly granted more free hours, great. Uh, that, that uh, until further notice that affects me, not at all yeah. that, that you add more yep. time. There, there's, um, uh, it, it reminds me a little bit. Um, uh, we talked about it 10 years ago, but there was a book called, uh, the Walmart effect back when we were all terrified of Walmart. Um, and it pointed out that, uh, functionally based on objective standard of living things, uh, it's easy to see the reduced wages, the pressuring out of mom and pop shops and all that stuff. But what's hard to see is the raising of the standard of living where objectively more people are living in more comfort 
by basically all of humanity got a $10,000 raise yeah. thanks to Walmart saying, asking questions like, and granted they were doing it for uh, selfish purposes of, we would like to spend less on your de deodorant. Can we cart, can we save a nickel per deodorant? Why, why does deodorant come in a box? And then they're like, well, I don't know. That's just how we did it. And they're like, what if you didn't, can we help? And then now deodorant does not come in a box and that's, boxes on uh, boxes that aren't being just thrown away in landfills yeah now. of course that was done like in the walmart mafia style um, I, look, it I, would I, be I, 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 it would be it'd be a real shame <laughs> if these boxes kept showing up and uh, you say we can give a raise but we don't gotta pay more oh uh, no yeah so i mean but but like you know what's funny is like i was thinking about that right before i left oakland the mafia. i was like uh i was like man the mafia's hilarious no uh, <laughs> uh no i was thinking about walmart and i was like are we at a point now where if they built a Walmart in downtown Oakland, if it would be cheered, because it wouldn't be, and at that time, Amazon was, was the big bad, where it was like, oh, Amazon's even worse than Walmart, because it, like, people don't even get to work like in, 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 a, in an Amazon that, thing. Uh, 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 quick side jack, but that was also part of the Walmart hysteria, is everyone's like, I just can't in imagine anything taking this down. Oh, there's no way. And then, of course, Amazon does, which is the same thing they thought about the Sears Roebuck catalog back in the 1920s and mm -hmm. so on. Mm -hmm. Though, I mean, uh, you look at, where where say Sears or any number of mall department stores are is they're they're kind of <laughs> they're they're ruins they're I, yeah they're I believe, empty I husks. Sears went away a decade ago. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, uh, is is two big bads better than one? Uh. Well, so I, who's I, bad? Oh, who's bad? Who's bad? I mean, uh, so, who's bad? Uh, I, I, Sears I, is Sears is still around. I'm say, I walked into one. Oh. And it was a strange experience because, like, they had the they hired the interior designer who does, like, you know, Spirit Halloween, you know, where they <laughs> take a big thing and shrink shrink it down into some smaller space. Trashier, trashier, <laughs> more open well, space just, that's like, unused. There, yeah, there was like an IKEA by me that turned into a Spirit of Halloween, and, and like an idiot for like a half a second at least, I'm like, oh my god, a huge Halloween store! How? And then I'm like. No, that's there. It's not like an IKEA full of Halloween. So they just like courting off like ten percent of the store to the make it. But anyway, it. there was a yeah. There's a Sears. I walked into there. I think it was Sears or JC Penney, one of the others. But I walk in there and there's uh, it's they shrunk it down to like twenty percent of the space. And I was just trying to find like a dress shirt or something. Oh, wow. And I go into the men's department, and I swear to you, all they had was like dark maroon colored collared shirts. Like mm -hmm. it was just, it was just like, it was like they got the offs of some overruns. It was just, I'm walking around. I could not find like a white shirt, could not find a single white shirt. And it felt weird. It felt like I walked into one of those, like, you know, like those prank shows where they make like the yeah. fake yeah, restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Pop up fake store or whatever. Yeah. 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 I felt like I walked into that. A lot of I'm weird like, mirrors in here. What's up with that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, uh, just to, just to clarify my point, I'm not in the business of picking who is and isn't a bad guy, but I am in the business of trying to recognize universal trends. And it seems yeah. like for 150 years, we're always convinced that the new thing is a threat because it's, it, it's going to be a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was, yeah, yeah. Walmart, take the good with the bad. Wal sure. Walmart ate both. up the regional yeah, yeah. five and dime. Mm, the regional five and dime ate up the mom and pop. And then Amazon's come along to eat Walmart. And Barnes and Noble, that was eating at the mom and pop shop. And then Amazon yep. ate that. But then the it's borders, like, yeah. where there, there's going to be something else.
Yeah. I am, yeah, old enough to remember when uh, Barnes & Nobles was uh, one of the most evil companies on the planet, according to some people, because they were ruthlessly murdering the mom-and-pop bookstores, which were the cornerstone of all society. Yeah. Rip, rip borders. Rip to the borders. And now people love them. People are like, I wish I had a Barnes & Nobles near me. Yep. You know, they don't even have, the- re- you know, it's not a real Starbucks. It's just a coffee shop. It's Starbucks stuff. Hey, man, before before we get replaced by a new podcast that's made by a mega corporation called Strange Objects, let's say everybody support the Weird Things podcast. Oh, how, do, how do they do that? Well, I mean, they. Uh, I don't know. There's a website for that. The website is called Patreon.com. More specifically, the website is called Patreon.com slash Weird Things because <laughs> it is at Patreon.com slash Weird Things that you can support this program with your hard-earned money. But we're going to give you something for it. Yeah. We're going to give you the After Things episode early, earlier than anyone gets it. Anyone on the planet, Brian, if you're not paying money, you don't get it as fast as the people that are that are, that are, that are chopping up that dosh. I don't know. Last time I checked, Bryce isn't paying a single dime, and yet he's getting it faster. Oh, Bryce, even Bryce, and Bryce no, is getting do, paid. Brian, yeah. <laughs> we, we I was paying Bryce for the show. Actually, I do pay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I pay for, I pay oh, for these shows. He's fired oh, okay. up. Right. I pay for these right. shows so that I, I can see too. it in my RSS feed to make sure that they do come in time. Fair enough. I pay, too. I pay, too. To be honest, uh, let's got, all raise our hands if we pay for this show. You guys, uh, the lies count. <laughs> yes, they do count. Literally yesterday, Justin and Bryce did a bonus podcast for another podcast that we do. And I couldn't access it because I couldn't support my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. No, the, the phone call I got this morning was, uh, uh, Hey, how'd the show go? And I was like, oh, great. He's like, can't listen to it. <laughs> Why? Because I for, I don't know the password. <laughs> and then there's just this pregnant pause that I can only imagine that you would physically represent as like a child reaching up with his hands, just grabbing, <laughs> just waiting. That's Brian just saying like, would you like Please? to give me the password right <laughs> <Please>. now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll never know. Never I know. know. I didn't give it to him. What we may know, uh, Brian, <laughs> I want to ask you something. Uh, Brian, uh, you ready? You want to? There was a bet that may have been made on this show. Hey! Oh, my God. And, and one person took one side just in the spirit of providing, you know, another side to yep. the bet. Brian, do we want to go double or nothing that we see Starship launch this month? Oh, oh. This so wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Reset the original bet. The original bet was uh around this time last year, we were wagering on not only whether or not uh, uh, uh Starship was going to launch, but but uh Andrew made the bold claim that not only would it launch, it would No, launch. I did not make the bold claim. You you said <laughs> how about twice? And I'm trying to be like, okay, sure. Okay, uh, yeah, that does sound like me. Uh but uh but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, oh, man, Starship. Uh, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And what were the stakes of the bet? Oh, uh, $500 to the charity of the other person's choosing. And? And a pie to the face. And a pie to the face. Which was so we ju- all Justin's know, contribution. We all, we all know. <laughs> I am a problem solver. Uh, we all know that it did not launch once, let alone twice. And so now Andrew is on the hook. To pay five hundred dollars to a charity, 
and get a totally pie in the face. That. Totally fine with that. All right. So $500. Brian, that is $500 to a, a worthy cause that okay. is now in your hands. Okay. You have it in your hands right oh, now. And I guess the nature of double or nothing is that. Uh, and two pies. Thing I'm only is, doubling is down on the two to, pies. You know what? Double or nothing <laughs> sounds pretty good. So wait a minute. So you are not saying that you would donate a thousand dollars to a worthy cause? I, I, no, I believe that's what what double or nothing. No, he sure. just said. I'll donate. I'll, okay, because because he do, just I'll, said he I'll, just I'll, wanted two pies. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but now he is saying <laughs> that he will that he will donate a thousand dollars. Uh, uh. So or let, I'm off the hook. Let's just uh. Or no, he's off the hook. Uh, Andrew, two pies and a thousand dollars. If what doesn't happen, what are you saying will happen? Starship takes off and reaches space this month. That, does it land safely? No, it's not going to. Not wouldn't be landing safely. It'd be landing in the in the Hawaii in, in like the off coast of Hawaii. All right. So you are saying in the month of April, which has already begun at the point that we're recording this, it is April seventh. You know what? I I I love charity so much, and I love <laughs> pies to the face so much that I'm willing to accept this double or nothing challenge. All right. Uh, so we are saying midnight at the end of April, the uh, midnight yep. leading into the first uh, day uh, of uh, May. You, do we want to say Greenwich Mean Time just so that there's no dispute? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. Keep an gonna, eye out. It's going to be like midway, but before the stratosphere, uh, right at midnight. <laughs> now, is there something new with Starship that's that's caused you to double or nothing this, Andrew? Uh. Are we accepting this? I'm just asking. Uh, I accept. I accept. Double or nothing. Because it's on the stand, and they've, they're doing a test like in two days. And if that works, they plan to launch within a week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. They've said this before, though, haven't they? I mean, they? I was about to say. Uh, if <laughs> no, never got this close. Never got this close before. Okay. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Because uh, this would be uh, a real fumble for uh, you. Okay, you, could, you could add $500 and Andrew Maine, who is now... Like a name. Oh yeah. Before he was just an author that we knew. <laughs> yeah. Before. Now he, this is something that might make tech news. Oh yeah. Oh, like yeah. like if he no, just gets no, no, a pie no. to the face. Well, I mean, look, uh, uh look, uh, uh, you're I, giving that up. Uh, yes. For I the am. chance at two pies. Exe. Yes. yes. Two pies. Exe. Especially <laughs> because uh, SpaceX is number one a giant end boss of the video game of getting to space. However. It has a fairly large red blinking light called deadlines, <laughs> uh, and so I feel like uh, I, uh, I feel like that's their one weakness or their biggest weakness, and so I'm I'm okay with this. I'm okay with it. We'll see. Everybody, somebody wins something either way. That's right. Wait, hold on. Who wins? Who wins if you win? Well, this Aside is, from you. Uh, well, he, I, I, he wins I win. his dignity. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what <laughs> yeah but he doesn't. Is. Brian doesn't win anything. The audience doesn't win anything. The uh, audience but, that doesn't, but get, but doesn't I, get two I pies doesn't get a pie in the wins. face. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> wins. I'll take one of these pies. Yeah, but that's yeah. every How about bet. That? I'll take one of the pies. <laughs> Wait, all right, hold on. So Fill now, I'll take one of those pies. So let's say if Andrew wins... Bryce, you are volunteering as pie tribute. I'll take a pie. You will oh take a pie to the face. I can't oh. I can't contribute to charity, but I will take a pie. Just let it be known. Bryce hates okay. charity. <laughs> but he will take a let pie to the face. Brian hates progress and is probably going to be writing letters to the FAA <laughs> telling them 
They need to slow down progress in space. April 30th. Uh, April 30th is our six-month moratorium on going to space. We can't do any more space higher than like a like a Falcon Heavy. We can't. I do am it calling anymore. for a full and complete stop of space until our elected <laughs> officials can determine what's going on. It's just nobody knows what's out there. Uh, all right. So April 30th, which is a Sunday, okay. is the deadline on this, and space and Starship not only has to launch. It has to get to space. What are we defining as space? Is that the Carmen line? Is uh, that what it's called? Yeah, Carmen line. It will have kilometers. to pass the Carmen line right. for this to be a official so bet. That is not, the not blow up on on launch. Do not and not get a little bit and then like like mm -hmm. no no like it has to get to the Carmen line and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't have to land. Although at that point, you know what? Mm. Never mind. Well, no, oh. it's not even going to try to. He's about yeah, to talk yeah, to the no, big yeah, game. Yeah, no, no right. it's just going to hit the ocean. Wouldn't that be a great fake out, though? <laughs> if they were like psych and it just started doing loop to loops and, and, just it, lands. and it landed in front of the Capitol. <laughs> just lands in uh, 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 the center of Times Square and blocks all Substack links. Oh, very funny. Yeah. There we go. We've got a bet, everybody. Mark your calendars, set it on your timelines, let the press know. Alert the uh, press. I, I only just Not saw the, the Substack thing this morning. Uh, is it really as transparent as it looks? I have no idea. Okay. And, the, and I mean, does anyone know any uh, is, how transparent is Twitter to be? Because also, yeah. it's like, here's one thing that I trust less than Twitter, coverage of Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I have, I have no idea what the hell is happening. Uh, who knows whether nobody can know whether it will last for more than five seconds. So oh, uh, quick contingency, just to, just to, uh, uh, uh -oh. is, is it, is it bets off if they do something sneaky? Like, well, we decided last minute to not attach the, you know, the capsule on top and it's just the base or something for starship. Yeah. Is it, like what if they make changes to no, no 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 it just gotta be the engine the engine the engine goes up the start the, the yeah. upper stage starship yeah. goes into orbit go, not orbit just goes into space not orbit just yeah, goes okay. goes okay. with the carbon line yeah what do you have to lose <laughs> the opportunity uh, to see you hit you know, no he's he's the, the one most who has precious to, of yeah. things Andrew the upper hand <laughs> that's all I have to lose so uh. Sad news is uh, Virgin Galactic apparently I think it's filed for bankruptcy. Mm. That was one of the two space ventures that uh, Richard Branson had backed. Virgin Galactic was trying to actually do basically launching payloads uh, from an airplane to reach orbit. And they had a big test that they were trying to do, which was going to be, I think, at launching actually from uh, Britain. And then... Or this Virgin Orbit? Oh, um, so, sorry, Virgin Orbit. Yeah, so Orbit's the one that's filing for bankruptcy. The the roller coaster for yeah, incredibly rich you. people will still be going. Theoretically, well, Virgin Galactic, yeah, right? It, well, I mean, look, I, I think that that uh, space tourism is something that is probably more viable now than it has ever been. Uh, you know, in terms of of uh, it being a a thing that the public has seen happen a lot. They've seen private companies go to space a lot. You've had famous people that have gone to space. So it's like the idea of space tourism now, now makes sense to me in a way that it really hasn't over the last 20 years. That being said, you know, uh, the, the way the technology goes, there's a lot of people that are trying to build on breakthroughs from the past that, you know, might not be the thing that actually cracks the code. And we've seen this in, in so many different areas, hardware, software, 
uh, you know, a generator of stuff like AI, and and certainly space is is one of them. Everybody was betting on different ways to do it. Some of them make more sense than others, and and unfortunately for Virgin Galactic and Virgin Orbit, uh, that well, ain't it, Chief. And well, and there, there's a temptation to dance on the graves of every company that doesn't make oh. it, but but everybody, as we've talked about before, especially in the After Things podcast, uh, the failures subsidize the successes, and so uh, every every attempt, you know, now I've I, learned one less wrong way to do that. I yeah I. I'm rooting for, I mean, I'm rooting for Virgin Galactic to, to pull through. Like they, again, the Virgin Galactic is still a viable company, still there. Virgin Orbit is the one that is the one that filed for bankruptcy. I, I'm rooting for all of them because I think they're interesting things, but it does illustrate the, an argument that we don't make, but you'll hear people say, you know, like when somebody like Elon Musk would do something like, well, of course he's rich. It's like, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's, Look at the highway that's littered with the wrecks of people trying to build electric car companies and yeah. rocket companies and all that, and tell me that the answer is just being rich. It is. It's not, because it's just, it is, you've seen Richard Branson, who is one of the most capable people in the world, when it comes to marketing and promotion, getting people excited about something, and just a neat guy, you know, is very sincere about this, and they're just technical problems. Sometimes these things are just really hard. You think, you think that this, this, Components going to work, and the stack is going to work, and their failure rate is going to be enough. And then you get it. They had this high-profile launch that they were actually launching from, you know, like British territory. I think that was actually the Canary Islands, and they they failed. And that was like they're kind of like, if we make this, we make it. If we don't, and SpaceX had their moment like that, where they're like, if we this this attempt fails, we're out of the game. And had it failed, yeah, we might not be talking about SpaceX right now. And it could it could come down to just a fifty-dollar component. Yeah. And, and look, it, it takes takes a lot of things to go right. You know, there there is no perfect alchemy to success. Uh, uh, it is something that you have to feel out. And, and when you're talking about big, big, big swings like getting to space, uh, that's it's very expensive. You don't get unlimited tries at it. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know what? I feel like uh, I'm going to I'm going to make a, an audible here. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should extend the pick segment and each of us should get two picks. Okay. All right. Would you uh, like to start? Well, my, my uh, first pick, yeah. I'll save my second one. My first pick is uh, we all went out and saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie and mm-hmm. that was quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, it uh, uh, whip tight pacing. There's not a single unearned surprise. There's not a single thread that is left dangling at the end. Uh, I never expected that a Dungeons and Dragons movie could say so many clever things. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I think uh, the question has always been with that IP, uh, uh, how do you make a Dungeons & Dragons movie? And I think that the answers, either in, in aborted attempts or in uh, uh, the previous movie version, has always been, oh, it's Lord of the Rings, or it's it's an epic high fantasy kind of thing and uh except this time it'll use the words that they use in Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. Uh what this movie I think made the correct decision is that no, it's an 80s uh uh act a fantasy action comedy. And when it's not being funny, it is being an action uh a, a fantasy action thing. So there's a lot of spells, a lot of crazy weapons, a lot of monsters. Uh, and then when it's not doing that, it's funny, but it's never a parody. It's never, and I think that that's, that's a, it's a very key distinction is that it never looked like when things go wrong, 
in the story with magic, it is the characters failing, not any wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, uh, hey, this is about this other movie that we're referencing. It feels original. It feels good. Great cast, man. Chris Pine. I feel like Chris Pine just needs, we just need to talk about how good Chris Pine is. He's just a good actor. I, also, maybe, I, I maybe think, my favorite role that Michelle Rodriguez has played ever. Possibly, yeah, ever. Andrew? I think, I've not seen it, but, you know, the the directors of this were, they've had a very interesting career. They've had some hits and some misses, and I don't know, as screenwriters, and I kind of think that I've looked at some of their hits and go, these guys are clear, like, they wrote Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, these guys clearly have a grasp of comedy, and I think that putting them in the seat of being able to direct what they were doing uh, turned out really well. Did you see? Did you see uh, Game Night? By the way, oh I yeah, did, yeah. Uh, multiple it's times. It's so good. That's a, yeah. So I think that there was there's sometimes you hear so and so is going to direct something. Like, uh, are they a writer's director or are they like a special effects director? And I think they made the right choice here. Yeah, because they did very very capable action in Game Night, and they did extraordinarily capable fantasy action here in in this movie. I I, I really really hope. Mm -hmm. I think it's been enough of a financial success that. Uh, you could see it doing, you know, more or having a a sequel, and I think that it 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 deserves it. This is kind of a reverse spoiler, and and I think it's a bit of a public service. It's not a spoiler. Like I went in expecting detached irony, and for it to pull a Lego movie, where at some point it was going to turn out to be kids in a basement. They don't do that. It's it's very in the moment. It's exactly what it pretends to be, and I I, I appreciated that because that's the harder path to make work and make you love the universe and the characters in the world. Yeah. The, the challenge they have is it, it's overperformed, but the expectations were very low and that hopefully it's something that like, remember Batman begins didn't do like crazy numbers, but yeah. then Batman begins was one of those movies that every, like, did you see that? And like, Oh yeah, that was awesome. And they were like watching it later on. It, it, it it's legacy was made on cable was legacy was made on home video. And you sometimes see movies that come out that we go, oh, shoot. Like, remember remember when we were begging people to go see Dread? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was like it's a great movie. And it just had, unfortunately, buzz, marketing, everything. Because like, D&D, the problem with this is like, I, we just expected this to be, you know, really? We've seen just versions of that that have been fresh in our memories that just weren't good. And people trying to do the fantasy lore and comedy and failing. And it was just sort of this uphill sort of battle. But hopefully... Hopefully the studio's like, oh yeah, no, this actually worked. We just need to figure out. I will say having seen the movie, it was horribly marketed. Like it was marketed yeah. like the first D&D movie where it was just about the like fantasy element. And it's like, oh, except this time we have a roguish Chris Pine as the lead. There are laugh out loud visual gags that would have played really well in, in a in trailer. Uh, <laughs> like and, and, and I think that, Ultimately, for if people who are going to like this movie are going to like it because of it, I think hardcore D&D fans, I've not heard any hardcore D&D fans complaining about it. Uh, I do think it will have a bit of a cult status and, uh, you know, be it on streaming or, or somewhere else. I, I do hope that that uh, more stuff gets made because I, I did very much enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, do you think do you think what would they do for a sequel, right? Would they do an anthology and do a whole new crew? Jar Jonathan's Revenge. Oh or do gosh. they... Objectively or, the best name. Or do they keep this same cast? I mean, this cast was great, but it also does seem like that these stories c concluded. Uh, you know what I suspect? I suspect they'll they'll do 
the, just like real D&D campaigns, players join and play for a few weeks, and then they have to go on a trip or whatever, and so the party changes, but it, you know, balances again. And even in this movie, the party has, you know, changed a couple times. Um, my guess is that we start movie two with individual threads, maybe a surprising new character or something, but then we see some number of these familiar characters come back, and they were excited once that number hits five. And and uh, uh, I, I, I'd be in for that again and again and again. Uh, I will. My final comment on Dungeons and Dragons. Hugh Grant stands. Run, don't walk. Run, don't walk. If you like <laughs> Hugh Grant, just mincing around, being very Hugh Grant. Boy, do you get you get a full double barreled Hugh Grant. One barrel's named Hugh, the other barrel's named Grant, and, <laughs> and it delivers. Okay. Well, there's a pick. Anyway, my second pick is uh, uh, one that I'll, I'll wait for somebody else to bring up. My pick was D&D. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, I, okay, I guess it'll be me. Uh, my pick will be World's Greatest Con. Huzzah! Hello, it's back. That was my second it pick. It will be back on Monday. It will be back on Monday. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, uh, it's going to be a good season. These guys have been putting blood, sweat, and tears into it. Uh, it's a new story. I won't spoil it in case you haven't already been spoiled, but the spoiler's out there. Um, it, the trailer's out. You and can the listen to the trailer. I, I consider that Great spoiler. trailer, by the way. Bill Meeks did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, he under, did the, under Justin's uh, direction. He yeah. did the, uh, yeah, he did all the the um, the visuals for our, for our, our uh, social media a blitz on it but it came uh, out great well yeah. all looked great great team guys great work yeah. uh world's greatest con on podcatchers everywhere uh quick find it quick quick tactical reminder that that monday and exactly that day on monday is the day that you want as many humans as possible to subscribe on uh, uh the apple podcast platform yep because many other things pinch from their Top 10 lists, and we would like very much to get back to the top of the history charts on that. Yes. So put it on your calendar to do it on Monday. Monday. Or do it right now. If World's Greatest Con. Episodes one and two. We're, we're launching with two episodes. Oh. So, uh, uh, you will get two hours of World's Greatest Con in your life on Monday. Episode one. And episode Project. Two. Episode two. Alpha. <laughs> episode three. Colon. Episode four. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited. I look forward to sharing this with all my friends because I think, you know, you guys continue to do great work and just such a great story. Glad you brought that up because I'm not nervous. You're nervous. Yeah. We've been talking about how nervous you were about this. You want to know who else told a great yeah. story? Hmm. <laughs> the audience at home they're raising their fingers and saluting themselves we have to explain it on this show because we haven't done that oh yeah no, it, is, it is good friday he's talking about god everybody it the holy good, christ it is it is good friday <laughs> oh it is good friday hey, yeah, good friday exactly. to you yeah how's it hanging oh it's hanging good and it's hanging friday <laughs> Uh, Any uh, other picks? And, Andrew, I, 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 I'm assuming one of your picks will be World's Greatest Con, but did you have another? Well, if I have to have another one. Yeah. Uh, I watched a really well done, a couple documentaries actually I'm going to recommend. Um, first is there's a documentary that was made, uh, a three doc I got three documentaries for you, okay? Two, two fun, one, oh, uh, one is 
there is a, a documentary called Chaos on the Bridge, which was William Shatner narrated and presented this, and it was about the making of Star Trek The Next Generation mm. and how chaotic it was. You know, it went from the show that's like, that's not Star Trek to some people, that is their idea of what Star Trek is. And Shatner talks to some of the original writers, original people that worked on it. It demystifies Gene Roddenberry a bit. And Gene Roddenberry absolutely deserves credit for just creating this wonderful, great vision that became what, you know, we look at today. But Star Trek was very much more so than, let's say, Star Wars or some other franchises, uh, an ensemble that made that. And and you kind of get that when you watch Jack's Generation and there is this story where somebody says like, oh, you know, Roddenberry had the idea for the Ferengi and he's like, and they wear these cod pieces and this is how they have sex. And he says he described like 36 different sexual positions that are like, Gene, Gene, <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's, there's, a, there's, there's another one where like the, in the second season, Picard is still a little bit too uptight. And they're like, can we, can we like get him like a woman or something? So they come up with this idea of sending him to Risa Seven, you know, the pleasure planet. And then Gene's like, like, yeah, they're giving these women like fondling each other, and then like men holding hands walking off. And then we could be like, we just need to get him late, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of neat stories about that, but also, uh, you know, Gene Rodbury was a fascinating guy, and and did. This is a guy, I think there could be a great movie about him if you look at him in his totality, which is a guy that fought that fought World War II and did, you know, bombing missions and what have you and, and saw kind of the worst who still had this very idealistic idea. And they talk about it like, you know, in the 70s, you know, after Star Trek got canceled, they were all kind of like, you know, the stories about, you know, Shatner having to live out of like a camper van. And then, you know, for Roddenberry was making his money by going around to conventions with his wife and like selling stuff and then doing college speaking and whatnot. And there was still was this sort of idea of this optimism and stuff. It's a very, very interesting uh, story that I think it kind of just sheds light onto it. I think like, yeah, there could be a great Gene Roddenberry biopic because he was complicated, but still created this thing that we all get to play it and enjoy today. Second one is another Star Trek one. I was never into Deep Space Nine, and I know a lot of people love it, and I don't, I'm not critical of that. But they did a documentary. The showrunner did a documentary called um, uh, The Things We Left Behind, which was about – it's a retrospective about Deep Space Nine. And very open, let's talk about everything, even him talking to a Paramount exec, like, we wanted to do this. Why couldn't we do this? Why did we have to let go of this actor and stuff like that? And so it's a really neat sort of like – even though I've never only watched a handful of episodes of that show to sort of see them talk about the, that journey and what they made. That, that was one that um, uh, I, I dipped into because I was watching TNG at the time, but you know, a strange thing happens when you go to college, you kind of stop watching TV for a minute. And, uh, uh, but then by the time I had come back to it, a lot had changed. They now had a ship and Worf was on it. And I was like, well, Hey, I'm, I'm here for what this is. <laughs> I, I don't know what they were doing at first. Yeah. Well, I think that was, I think, and and they talk about like, well, then we got the, like, oh, people wanted us to go around in a ship and then kind of dot, dot, dot. Then we got a ship and it's like, yeah, let's talk about this choice, guys, because clearly there was, there was a, and, and they wanted to do their own kind of story within the Star Trek universe, fine. But like, I remember when they announced Deep Space Nine, I was excited because I thought it was going to be like a Stargate-like show, like they're going to go through this portal into a new world each time. And then it's like, nope, it's a space station. Yeah. It's the love boat. Well, and, and it's and like. 
and and I, I believe the pitch was if Star Trek is a wagon train to the stars, then this was, you know, being the sheriff of a small town town along the way. And the problem is those small towns have a lot of tumbleweeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I but there are people who love that show and I love that that exists for them. It didn't take anything away from me. Um, I could go try to watch Voyager and reconcile why they think having a two-year-old or age, two-year-old alien have relationships with people was okay, <laughs> which is weird. That was like I'm like that cast storyline. Like there's like I'm like, are they gonna like she's two and she's like dating? And it's like, well, her species is more advanced. Like, ah, no, guys, like this is really weird. Can I we mean, just get it's not like seven this is nine? prime time family. Ba- oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're launching so, a whole network. Oh, <laughs> launching a network with this. Oh, that's yeah. gotcha. Interesting. So, uh, but that show evolved and has its people who absolutely love it. And I think that it did give a lot of great, you know, Voyager gave a lot of people love us Star Trek. But uh, it's not my pick, but just a side note Picard, still loving it. Not gonna, not gonna hide. I think I'm I think I'm one behind you on Picard, but uh, but I agree, loving it. It's very good. And the the guy that plays Jack Crusher, super charismatic, great. And then the villain played by Amanda Plummer, uh, Barrett, fantastic. Amanda Plummer. At first, I'm like, this is a pretty good, compelling actor. And it's like, oh, it's Amanda Plummer, you know, from you know everything. And so it was just really really cool to see that. Now my sad pick, but a really a document we're seeing is um, I've been working on a new book and I've been saw, heard about this document before. I had a chance to watch it. It's called Dave Not Coming Back. And it was about a disastrous attempt to recover a body in a cave, a underwater cave in South Africa that was extremely deep, like 600 feet deep. And a young man had died there years ago. And then some other divers did a descent into there. And one of them actually saw the body and then decided he would come back with the team and they would try to recover the body. The recovery didn't go so well. Mm. And it is a really well done documentary. They take you step by step through with the people involved, hearing their points of view on stuff, what happened. They have footage from when it happened and what happened. And then modern day, you know, contemporary footage, Um, really good score, really, really well produced in a very, you just, there's, you get to the last parts of it and there is a reason to stay on for the end because it is just gut-wrenching. Wow. Where did, uh, where did you watch that? Uh, did you rent it? Uh, I bought that on iTunes. Dave, not coming back. Yeah, check it out. Good stuff. Any other picks, guys? No, I think we've, we've picked oh, a lot. Oh, oh. Let, me, let, me, let me recommend where you can watch a couple of the other documentaries I mm-hmm. watched. Is uh, Shout TV has a streaming service. And so it's free. It's like it's, you know, it's a ad, ad, advertising. But if you go to Shout TV, they have a couple of the Star Trek documentaries and a lot of other content on there. I watched one of them and there was one commercial at the beginning and that was it. Nice. Good stuff. Shout TV. Get the app. Yeah. Gentlemen, mm-hmm. how are we feeling? A uh, little bit. A uh, little, 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 little bit end of the show. A <laughs> little weird. It's been weird. Hey, there it is. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.